Welcome. I'm Avery. And I'm Grace Ann. And this is Drift, a podcast exploring stories and science of Barnegat Bay's past, present, and future. Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of our podcast, Drift. We're so excited to have you here with us today. Of course, I'm here with Avery. Hi, everyone. And our guest today is Erin Fleming, the director of our film called Drift. She is from Mammoth University Productions, which is a professional company that works with students from Mammoth University and professionals in the filmmaking industry to create uh, films for organizations and groups and initiatives throughout the state of New Jersey and beyond, probably. Um, and uh, we're so, so grateful to have had Erin work on this project with us and really produce a beautiful piece of artwork. So uh, let's get started with Erin. Thank you, Erin, so much for being here today with us. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. This is very exciting to launch the um, the screenings of the film and also to be part of the podcast, which you launched last year and um, I think is doing very well, correct? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we have some loyal fans out there. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of feedback and it's kind of weird because it's like out of nowhere, you'll get a random person say, oh, I've heard your podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's little you know it's a little unnerving but it's really cool <laughs> no and I think the title is so um important to drag people in um you know when when you're thinking about um the subject matter like the Barnegat Bay the word drift just really it carries a lot with it and I think people are it it, it makes people interested right from the start you know what is this about and um you know I think if you went with a title like the Save Barnegat Bay podcast that wouldn't be as um, thought provoking as the word drift. Yeah, our podcast kind of took a turn. It's been something we've wanted to do for a long time. And Britta actually wanted to do it before I was even working here. And uh, we had a wholly different vision for it. But then this year with the 50th anniversary just passing, and then um, the movie being the, you know, kind of the thing we're trying to uh, really set our theme around with this year, uh, you know, we took a turn and decided to change it kind of in the 11th hour to, to drift the podcast. So why don't we roll right into why you, cause you were the one that found the word drift and wanted to use it as the name of our film. So, th but there was a lot of story behind that, right? Aaron, do you want to explain why? Well, the, the process for, for picking a, a title for me, I, I start to think about, you know, who are the stakeholders? What's the message? Who's the audience? And then, you know, playing around with all of that, you try to to come up with something that hasn't been done before, maybe something that is going to um, be seem simple on the on the surface, but then be much more complex when you really think about it. And there were there were about eight to 10 different titles in the running. Um, you know, we I, I tend to bring um, other people, you know, so maybe some of the students or some of the professionals working with us. And I try to to, you know, let everybody in on the process, throw some ideas out there. But it had been narrowed down to eight to 10. And I think the last two in the running were a bay between us, um, which was also, um, you know, an interesting title. And then I was really pushing for drift because the word drift has so many different meanings. If you look it up in the dictionary, it just, it, 
it can mean, you know, to catch my drift. Um, do you understand what I'm talking about? Or this idea of just moving in a, in a certain direction, you know, together. Um, so it, it, for me, it, it carried all of the meanings that I felt like the film was going to encompass because the film itself covers a lot. It covers a lot of um, different kinds of subject matter on the Bay and uh, complex issues. And I felt like the word drift could handle that. And, and also um, from a graphic uh, point of view, when you see the word drift, you also see the word rift in the middle of that. And um, we played around with darkening the color of the word, the part that says rift. So you see drift, but you also see rift at some point. And, and that's that idea that, you know, we're drifting along, we're all in this together on the Barnegat Bay, but, but there is something going on that's a little bit ominous and, and the word rift kind of, you know, brings that out to the, the forefront. So, um, you know, for me, I, I was glad we, we did put it to a vote and, and, um, you know, once the argument was put forth, I thought um, that everybody kind of agreed drift was just the way to go. From what I understand, this film is something that has evolved over quite a bit of time. Um, and I'm always interested in hearing the, the early inception of projects like this. What was it like? Um, I'm curious about the types of conversations, those very early moments of planning for the film, how Save Barnegat Bay approached you. What was all of that like? So, um, you know, just just really briefly, I I was a video editor for a number of years and a producer. And I my early career was with insurance. And I know, you know, in your mind, you're thinking insurance. What could you possibly make a video about insurance? But the beautiful thing of they were they were international they insured everything from, from um, you know, racehorse legs to, um, you know, fine art like Rembrandts and Van Goghs and, you know, people's homes and brownstones and, uh, you know, beer companies. And, you know, y y you can't even imagine the amount of um, entities that this insurance company insures. So we would have to come up with ideas for creating stories to sort of market insurance without marketing insurance and how do you do that so if you're you know going to want to market insurance to people that live in California where there's mudslides and wildfires you you look towards risk management and you say okay I'm going to tell stories about um, instructional uh, stories about how to protect your home from uh, a mudslide or a wildfire and um, you know, you go out there and you creatively come up with ways to package the information so that then when you when you kind of stick a tag at the end saying this is provided to you by an insurance company, then that sticks in the person's mind. They, they, they've received some sort of value, some sort of information, learning experience. The best way to 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 engage an audience is to give them what they're looking for and then and then, you know, in the back end, you 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 also put in what you need to put in there. So um, interestingly, I had worked with Britta. Um, I interviewed her in studio on um, on a project for a nonprofit called Earthshare. And I believe Earthshare is sort of an umbre umbrella organization that um, 
funnels funding to all of these other organizations, um, one being Save Barnegat Bay. And, you know, they take the task of, of fundraising, you know, out of the, the hands of these smaller organizations that need to be on the ground and 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 doing the important work that they do. So um, I interviewed Britta for that segment. And then on the other on the other end of it, my sister, uh, Colleen Klotz, used to manage the Save Barnegat Bay um, office when they were in Lavalette. So, you know, there was uh, six degrees of separation. I had interviewed Britta. My sister used to work for Save Barnegat Bay. So I think Britta called up my sister and said, hey, does your sister still do this? Um, but yeah, that's how we initially um, came to came together. And Britta reached out to me. She asked, she said she had this idea to do a film. Um, and initially, the idea, I believe, that was floating around in the Save Barnegat Bay office was to, you know, do a film about Save Barnegat Bay. And um, the more we we threw ideas around, um, we kind of settled on this idea of packaging stories about the bay into the um, necessary environmental education information that we wanted to convey. So it went back to my early days of let's let's find great stories, um, human interest stories. Um, you know, if you tell a story about um, a hundred year old company that builds wooden boats or a um, person who effectively, um, you know, saved thousands of acres on on in and around the bay, um, you're going to have an easier time packaging the environmental education within those stories. So that's that's the um, the road we traveled down, and we uh, or or the 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 lane we drifted down with um, the project. As an employee here, it's really wonderful to see such an investment in the arts as a tool for advocacy and outreach. Um, obviously, this film has been a huge part of our work throughout this year, this past year when we were celebrating our anniversary. And as Grace Ann said, we're taking it on the road next year and hope to share it with even wider audiences to bring this message out there. Um, but I'm just curious as a filmmaker, as an artist yourself, why do you feel that film is such a powerful tool for this environmental awareness and advocacy? What makes it really special in that way? So, uh, well, the, the, the simple answer is the bay. So anyone who's lived around the bay or experienced the bay on vacation um, knows that this is such an incredibly beautiful resource, um, useful resource, uh, a, a, a connection to, to nature, um, a human uh, a connection to to be able to um, whether it's boat or or um, clam or you know just walk in the forest that 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 uh, lines the creeks. Everything about the watershed is just calling out to to be um, used, to be enjoyed, to be appreciated. So you know, just starting there, the subject matter is easy. Uh, I don't really have to, you know, I'm not, I'm not selling a piece of coal. I'm selling a, you know, a natural wonder, um, at least for the, the people, folks in New Jersey, that's what we feel. Um, so, you know, it, it becomes very easy. Um, 
you know, the message within that, that that's a little bit more complicated is, unfortunately, if we look at what some of the issues are that, that um, we're facing on the Barnegat Bay and, you know, clean water, clean air, it comes down to, you know, human activity and um, human carelessness, I guess, is, is if I'm not, you know, being too too brash. It's just we have to stop and and look at ourselves and say, you know, what's not working here and what can we do better to 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 continue to have this resource. So I was just thinking about the beginning process of getting to know you and you getting to know us and you learning the story of Barnegat Bay and not just the the natural aspects of it, which like you said are very easy to see. But in the beginning, when we were having those early on conversations about the different people that live here and the different things that that created this area, I remember having this feeling like we were having to trust you and we we did trust you and having to trust you in that you could tell the story and lead the telling of the story in a way that really brought everyone fairness and light to each of the different kinds of people that live around the Bay and just watching how you listen so intently and how you brought the, the, the stories of the natural spaces tied together with the stories of the people and how you really gave everyone a seat at the table felt like as time went on, I personally was able to feel more excited and secure that this was going to be a beautiful film, but also a really, um, a really important way to connect different groups of people. And I think you did a really great job in that. And our natural spaces are so diverse in, in, you know, biodiversity, like, you know, wild spaces, but also so diverse in the types of people that, that you had to incorporate to, to be a part of this film from all different angles and reasons and backgrounds. As someone who watched the film, but wasn't as intimately connected with its making, like as Grace Ann was, of course, Aaron, you, what made this film really fascinating and uh, powerful in our mission was that the bay was almost a character in it. And I know that when Britta talks about it, that's something she speaks of very fondly. Um, it's carried through the different storylines. There are five segments throughout the film um, that each capture a different essence of the bay. Sure. So, so you know, it, the whole um, strategy to communicating a message to, to audiences is that you have to tailor the language, the tone, the style to, to each audience. And when you're talking about, you know, a 42 mile span of, of space in the middle of New Jersey, you're talking about a very diverse group of people. Um, you know, you have you have different stakeholders. You have with the wildlife, of course, and and then you have all of the the humans that are are living around it, and then the bay itself. But in terms of, you know, trying to design um, a message that's going to, you know, not fall on deaf ears, that's going to be picked up by all of the different groups. So you know, you have motorboaters on the bay, you have sailors, you have. Um, clamors and the oystermen, and you have um, the people who like to go out and kayak, the people who want to go into the the back, the backwoods and the creek, and and the ATVers, and um, you know, then the people that just cross over the bay to get to the beaches and live in those communities. Um, you have so many different 
um, different d groups of people enjoying the same space and not everybody is going to want to hear the same story. So we figured with five different stories, we'd have the ability to cater um, to the, the, the very um, different groups that we would were trying to reach. So um, the Beatons, the um, the beat goes on is one of the stories and it's about um, Beaton's boat yard and they build wooden boats and sails and they've been around a very long time and you know generations are aware of this um, incredible family business that resides on the northern end of the bay. But that might not you know ha hold um, the same uh, nostalgia to somebody who's down in, um, you know, the, the central part of the bay or the southern part of the bay. And, you know, so we try to tell a story in each, you know, you can't cover everything, but we tried to tell as many stories we could in as many different parts of the bay to, to reach different audiences. And, you know, there's a story about the jellyfish, which, um, really affects sort of the central part of the bay at, at the moment. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I grew up in the creeks on the, the, um, the Matitaconk. And, um, you know, for me, it was a, a, a wonderful opportunity to revisit um, a space that I, you know, hold very dear in my heart. And, and it basically is the backdrop from my childhood. But I found information about the bay that I had no idea existed. I had never been to Sedge Island and what a wonderful, incredible um, space that is on the planet and forget just New Jersey, but on the planet. Um, same thing with the, the southern end of the bay, um, you know, going down, um, uh, it's a Great Bay Boulevard and, uh, you know, experiencing the wildlife that, you know, quite honestly, you used to see more of in the northern part of the bay and is now um, residing mainly in the southern part of the bay. So, uh, you know, it was, it, it taught me a lot about um, uh, issues I didn't understand on the bay. And it also, um, you know, allowed me to revisit uh, some, some themes of my childhood and, and sort of share those with the audience because I could go to places that, that I knew pretty well. Um, you know, the the beautiful thing about Save Barnegat Bay as an organization that I found working with them is that you, you really listen to everybody and you let everybody in. So for an organization to be okay with creating a film that isn't just about them, but is about everyone is, is really... Um, pretty pretty unheard of you know most people want to want to trumpet their own successes and um you know you guys were really comfortable with look if if everybody succeeds we all succeed and say barnegat bay succeeds so um you know to me that's that's really astounding it's a it's a theme that was instilled in, in me and and all of us now through Britta and and Willie and others that have been around for a really long time. You know, we always say this and just to kind of reiterate it, we have people in our circles from all different sides of the aisle politically, all different professions and stake 
holder groups across the bay. So um, it's a part of our legacy to to have that kind of grassroots community oriented, um, you know, a high tide lifts all ships, I think is the saying, right? Right, right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the beautiful thing about say Barnegat Bay and, and Britta and Willie choosing to go with um, Monmouth University Production Services is so production services, we're, we're an on-campus production company, but we're not, we're not designed to, to only work within the, the university community. We're here to provide experiential learning for the students. And what that means is um, the production company is made up of industry professionals working freelance side by side with the students. So the students aren't um, just trailing a cameraman. They, they might be the cameraman or they, they're a lighting person or they're an audio person. So they get to, to take what they're learning in the classroom and then apply it to, um, to a, a project that has a paying client Everybody's paid, the students are paid, the freelancers are paid, um, but we only work with nonprofits, so the, the, the budgets can be kept very, very small. So we're able to take on these really big projects and everybody wins. The nonprofit wins, the, the university wins, the students win because they're, you know, the students who worked on this film alongside the industry professionals, not only do they get to hone their craft, but they also learn about, you know, biology, um, marine biology, geography, um, boating, um, you know, sailing, uh, how to how to make a, a sail, how to make a wooden boat, um, you know, so many different subject matters. Um, you know, we spoke to a jellyfish expert, so they learn about all of these different you know, whether it's an industry or a, um, a, you know, career path, but they learn about so many different things outside of their own, um, their own skill set as a filmmaker. And then they, they, they graduated and they're, they're going to leave with, you know, a feature length film on their resume. It's, it's pretty unheard of. So I think the way that the university has designed production services and the way that that say Barnegat Bay approaches, um, you know, how um, how they they work within the community and within society. It's sort of the same. It, it's per, it's a perfect fit. It was really beautiful to see all of the young people around the table at the film debut. Seeing all those young people around the table discussing the film and being excited about their accomplishment and, and all of them getting to spend time together and hearing them reflect on how they didn't know about certain things or how they did know about some things and that they were reconnecting with their own childhood. You know, they're still obviously very young, but, you know, getting to revisit it themselves. And it was just, it was really, really cool. Because we have outside clients, we have the ability to, um, to buy really current uh, state 4K, um, 5K cameras and and sliders and Ronins and um, a Ronin is a, a stabilizer, a gimbal, and the students are using these. So these are the same tools that they're going to use the minute 
that they step into the professional workspace and they're already experts at it. So, you know, I, I don't know if you were, were there on that day, but Jared, who was, uh, Jared Garcia, who was, um, you know, my, my Ronin 1DX camera person, he'd be climbing up an, an osprey ladder into an osprey nest and, um, you know, in the middle of a marsh holding a, you know, a, a close to seven, $8,000 piece of gear you know, to get the bird's eye view shot. And he is doing that before he's even left school. So it was, you know, just invigorating. I mean, to be, you know, out in nature during, especially during COVID, you have to remember this was all being shot during COVID. So we were on pontoon boats and, and, you know, out in marshes and up the creeks in the, in the West. And um, so, you know, maybe they couldn't, be in person in, in the classroom, but they could certainly be in person and, and you know, affecting change and learning their craft out in the field. So, I, I mean, it it's like it's like it all came together at the right time. If, if you can say something positive about COVID, we were able to work on this project in a in a, um, a manner and with a with the time and effort that we might not have been able to if it was a normal year. So uh, I don't know, it was almost a gift. And it's been such a guiding light for our programming here. We really believe that people connect through images and sound and these really uh, visceral things uh, that link them to the bay. It's oftentimes way more impactful than having someone stand up and preach at them. Just it feels like they're a part of what they see on the screen, which is really wonderful. So no, and that's a very that's a very nice reflection. And and you know, going back to how how you package it in that way. So so each story tackles a different problem or issue that that ha that occurs on the bay that that your organization works really hard to educate people about. So in in the idea of um, the Beaton's boatyard, you know, you spend the first five minutes watching and learning about how to make um, a sail for a sailboat. And then, you know, as you move through that story, you realize that this, um, you know, 90-year-old family business is in a very precarious uh, place because it is nestled, you know, on a marsh on the edge of the bay in an area that is prone to flooding and uh, rising tides and with climate change, um, you know, there is a, a thought to the future is, is this land even going to, to still be there? So you're able to sort of, you know, sound the warning bell, but do it in a way that's, that's palatable and, and easily absorbed for the audience. And, you know, again, if we go back to the idea of the fact that you have all of these different stakeholders and such diversity on the Bay, not everybody's going to care about uh, how you make a sale. So somebody might care more about learning about Pete McLean and, and how he, um, you know, through his lifetime of work was able to save, you know, thousands of acres um, of land and very important land on the Barnegat Bay. So there was, there was something for everybody, I think, in the five stories. 
as someone watching it myself, I think one of the biggest things that came across to me is this kind of ethic of shared stewardship um, and shared responsibility of what happens to the bay is ultimately what happens to us. We're inextricably tied to this body of water for these really profound reasons, whether it's a connection in the sense of your family has lived here for generations, or maybe you are a bayman, or maybe you just moved here and you have the connection because you spend happy memories on summer vacations here. Um, it's this really universal theme that we are all tied into this feature. And so I guess in kind of conclusion, I'm curious what you hope that this film sparks conversation about. Uh, when people leave after watching it, what do you hope sticks in their heads as they walk away and return to their own lives? It's going to be different for everybody. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, there's so many messages. Um, and and quite honestly, there's probably, you know, we're we're living in a time where we're all we're tired. We're tired of COVID. We're tired of masks. We're tired of, um, you know, uh, it, it, the New Jersey and the United States in general, we tend to really value our individual freedoms. And, you know, there's a fatigue in the idea that we're being talked to again about a problem that we need to fix. So my hope is that the film you know, sort of scolds in a gentle way or explains in a gentle way. And that when an audience leaves, if they leave with just one, one aspect of change going forward, that's beneficial to the Bay. So, um, you know, for example, there's, there's a brief discussion about, you know, swimming pools and, too many swimming pool permits um, on the on the island when you have a bay right there, but nobody can swim in the bay because of the jellyfish, and it's it's this conundrum. So, if somebody just takes away from that that oh, you know, I have to rethink where I put the water for my swimming pool at the end of the season. I, people drain their pool. You don't want to drain it into the bay. Um, you don't want to drain it out into the road. What what I would want them to do is to leave with one change that they that they incorporate into their daily lives that will in some way benefit the Bay. So we've only screened once at our fundraiser at the Bayhead Yacht Club and once at the Seaside Park Yacht Club. And at the Seaside Park Yacht Club, I was um, by myself as far as staff was concerned. I had one two board members with me. And I remember immediately after the film, people walked up to the table where I was selling t-shirts with Save Barnegat Bay on them and asked, what do we do? What is the one thing we can do? And so we at Save Barnegat Bay realized that people are already responding in that way. So you can rest assured that you did your your due diligence and the film is currently making people want to do something. And so we're trying to develop a little piece of a takeaway education like a little bulleted list, a little flyer thing that can go away with people so that they have something to walk away with and feel like, okay, I saw this film. I, you know, they don't know that they're going through this, but that there's an impression and that now they want to get um, engaged in the issue. So definitely people are already, already doing that. And um, we're really excited to be bringing it on the road this spring when it's uh, ready to be released publicly and hopefully will be 
bringing it to yacht clubs and um, uh, nonprofit organizations around the watershed and even beyond the watershed. Folks can sign schedule a screening of the film by going to our website and clicking on the word uh, educate at the top of the page. And if you scroll down, there's a tile with the drift film background on it. And you can put in a uh, request to screen the film at your organization or location. And with that will come a member of our staff and or member of the a team from Monmouth University Productions to accompany the film. The the film was designed in a way to um, evoke the beauty of the bay. And I think if you leave people wondering, where is this place? And wow, this is really beautiful. I had no idea it was this beautiful. If If they go home at night thinking about the beauty of the bay and the wildlife, then it might help them to respect it a little more too at the end of the day that's what we always always hope <laughs> in anything that we do that people gain that appreciation and you you know kudos to you we've said it so many times you know behind the scenes but you know officially from save running at bay again we just want to say thank you so much for your hard work through the challenge of the pandemic and all of the different hurdles that come with normal filmmaking as you came in into the finish line for for the release of the film with this beautiful piece of art that I think well, the, the whole crew the whole crew the, yeah. the students the freelancers everybody um and your team too I mean it was such a pleasure to work with a group of people who understood the process and and where they didn't you you really attempted to to dive in and I mean that literally you went out and took some footage underwater for me <laughs> with your dive team. So, um, you know, there was, it was just such a great collaboration and, and I hope to do more um, in the future. Um, I do want to add that your, you, you mentioned some of the places where it'll be shown. We are going to have a screening at Pollock theater this spring. Um, we are entering into the festival circuit, uh, some of the environmental uh, film festivals um, and, um, you know, hoping to to find other outlets to to um, have people view this because there are so many people who are interested because of uh, their their relationship to the Bay. That is super. I'm we're so excited. You. And thank you for taking the time to appear on our podcast. It was such a lovely honor to have you here. No, it was my the honor was all mine, and I could talk for another three hours about this project because it it just the bay, the Save Barnegat Bay people, the uh, Monmouth University Production Services crew, the the in, the freelance crew, everybody. It's just such a pleasure to work on this project, and I hope I hope there's more in the future. And I hope we've enticed all of our listeners to want to see this film. Hopefully we gave you enough little tidbits and teasers to be curious about watching the whole film. So it's an hour and 20 minutes, I think, finally. Yes. Close yes. to that. Um, and you can also choose to screen one of the five pieces separately if that doesn't work for your group. But we hope that you choose to screen the whole thing because it really is a piece all together of value. Um, but uh, just to kind of wrap up, of course, to all of our listeners, thank you so much for sticking with us. Click that follow button so that we see that you're listening consistently and we continue to grow 
And uh, always reach out to Avery and I if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to hear in the future or comments and suggestions, ideas. We are always open to listening to those things. Our social media allows you to follow all of our programs upcoming. We're going to be doing a lot of virtual programs in the winter here, and uh, we're excited to connect with all of you. So thank you so much for, for being here and listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thank you.